Chapter Twenty of the Social War of Nineteen Hundred, or the Conspirators and Lovers. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Meg Turasek. The Social War of Nineteen Hundred, or the Conspirators and Lovers, by Simon Landis. Chapter Twenty. Lucinda nearly murders the deacon in her cell. In the cell where Miss Lucinda Armington was confined, there was but one window, a skylight, which had shutters that could be closed in a moment by the keepers and managers. And when the man in disguise appeared before Miss Armington, and he saw that she swooned away, he suddenly darkened the cell by closing said shutters, thinking that she would be more readily restored and conquered in darkness than in light. Moreover, she might detect the disguised person if too much light shone upon him. He laid her on the cot, and when she came to, he said, I have come to offer you freedom, and my heart, and hand in marriage, and I hope you will not refuse me this request, said the disguised monster. "'Sir, who are you that dares to insult me thus? "'And why have you darkened this prison cell? "'Are your intentions so dark and foul "'that you cannot present them in the light of day?' "'exclaimed Miss Armington. "'I am a man of tender affections toward you, "'but as I have lately noticed you to conspire with a vile atheist, "'I felt it my duty to separate you from him "'until you have time to repent.' fiend that you are do you suppose for one moment that a woman could or would yield to a man's wishes who can be guilty of so foul a deed interposed miss armington and continued further i would like to know by whose authority and by what august power you have taken this outrageous task upon yourself to abduct and cast me into this prison dear lady you are haughty I really admire your high-toned spirit, but your desire to be stubborn or sarcastic will not profit you aught. Neither will you receive your liberty until you yield to my desires, said the disguised man. Monster, have you lost your manhood? And how could you expect a woman to accept the proposals of a man or beast which uses such criminal measures to gain the hand of woman? responded Miss Armington. "'Go on with your sophistries, but methinks you will be very glad to accept my offer. Now come, let us understand each other. I am handsome, rich, influential, religious, and only fifteen or twenty years your senior,' said the monster, quite coolly. "'You are handsome, rich, influential, religious, and only fifteen or twenty years my senior. Why is it, then, that you cause total darkness in the cell, and disguise yourself? You should show your beauty, and give the woman of your philanthropic choice an opportunity to behold that handsome person, whose wealth, influence, and religion are so prominent. Indeed, your acts exhibit very holy attributes of piety." But as to wealth and riches, I have not the least doubt that by your demoniacal deeds you are 
capacitated to wring money from the thousands, and with its corrupting power influence whole communities of your equals in crime, sharply exclaimed Miss Armington, without fear or falter. Hi-ho! But you are a philosopher, as well as a charming damsel. By my soul, I am taking renewed fancies for the jewel which I have found, ejaculated the disguised man. Do you think, sir, that you can conquer me? Do you dare to beard the tigress in her den? You have brought me here, for some motive best known to yourself, and whilst you have not the manly courage to show me your features in the light, you may think that you have me in your power, and can badger and insult me as you choose. But I now warn you to beware how you provoke me, lest by some miraculous power I strike you to my feet, and bruise your venomous head, furiously ejaculated Miss Armington. Sweet lady, you would not do all that at one time, would you, darling of my heart? responded the intruder sarcastically, whilst he took hold of her arm. This latter act so enraged the helpless lady that she sprang to her feet, and quick as lightning made for the monster's head and face, tearing his mask in disguise from him with Herculean strength, whilst she dealt him blow after blow upon his mouth and nose, until the hot blood flew in every direction. He was not prepared for such summary chastisement. Hence, before he knew what he was about, he was apparently helpless, and he humbly begged her pardon. But, she said furiously, go, leave me, or I'll murder you, before you will be able to gain help. He humbly responded, I'll go, give me a moment to collect my senses. Go, she ejaculated in a voice that meant a second beating. He instantly disappeared through a secret door, and as he was closing it exclaimed, I'll be a match for you when I can call again. She ran to the secret door, but it closed and bolted, seeming like a wall of adamant. End of chapter 20 Recording by Meg Turasek